Welcome to the Call Center BS Podcast, where we give you all the ammunition you need to make sales. If you're in need of targeted leads, data, live agents, phone systems, direct-to-voicemail campaigns, or any other Call Center-related BS, make sure to visit our website, callcenterbs.com, to connect with us. Enjoy the show. Welcome to Call Center BS, episode three. I'm your host, again, Anthony Bichilio, with my partner in business, Mr. Kevin Lavonis. What up, what up? All right, so we wrote down some stuff we're going to talk about about two minutes ago on a piece of paper because <laughs> we don't prepare. But you know what? So much shit happens every day here that we really don't even fucking have to prepare because it's just a non-stop barrage of things going on at all times. All day, every day. All day, every day. You so know. literally, like, I just looked at my Trello board. Kevin's like, I'm like, what do we talk about today? He's like, just look at your Trello board because I update, I use my Trello, like, God, without Trello. I don't know what I would do without Trello. You know, I'm, I'm hoping that Brian and, and uh, Pat really, they're starting to adopt to it better. But, I mean, we could talk about Trello for a minute. I use that shit like it's my life. Right, I mean, you're good at stuff like that. And once you adopt something, you you continue. It's just it. a yeah. It's developing good habits, right? So, I've got now. I'm not gonna say that I. If you guys don't know what Trello is, I don't know how to explain it. You could probably explain. Yeah, it's it. a productivity tool to help you get things done. So it allows you to create lists, and uh, the lists are very specific. So depending on you know the ideology you follow, like we like to follow David Allen getting things done, and there's a certain way that. Yeah, see, I, I, I set it up that way. Well, you when, can do it any way you want. I, I mean, use it, I, yeah, I know there's a better way to use it, and I, I want to develop it to that point. But how I use it is, number one, so I don't fucking forget nothing. Yeah. Right? So I have the app on my phone, and I have on my computer. First thing I do every day, open up my computer, I check the FBA sales, open up my Trello. First thing, and I have it on my left, I have three screens. I have it on my left computer screen, open at all times, and it has all the different lists. And anything that I put on my phone, Trello, obviously goes on there. But I use it for personal and business. So literally, if I'm in the car and I'm like, fuck, I need milk, I'll go to my Trello on my phone, I'll put in milk on my inbox list. Then when I get to the office, open my computer up, it's sitting right there in milk. I go to Amazon Fresh and I put milk in the car. You know, and the best thing- I use it for fucking everything, bro. The best thing about it is it's it's free. I mean, maybe there's a paid version. I haven't even looked at it, but all the features- I thought we pay for it. No, we don't pay for it. Oh, okay. No. I didn't know that. No. I mean, even to the point where, like, you know, for Valentine's Day, I know I had to, I got to get a couple of gifts. I, I was like, oh shit, Valentine's Day. I put it in my Trello on my phone. This morning I woke up. Oh shit, uh, Valentine's Day. Today's the twelfth. If I order today, I'll get two day Amazon Prime. I'll get it in time. Order Amazon Valentine's Day cards and even fucking cards. I don't even go to CVS for cards no more. Yeah, it's a fine line between structuring it and then overstructuring it, right? And and writing down everything. You kind of you you kind of want to write down as much as possible to get it off your brain. I mean, the way I use it is, yeah, you don't want to forget anything about it, but at the same time, I write things down so I can be creative. During the that day. too. So Ideas, like you can open anything. up, yeah, you can open up your mind and and know for a fact you have this, this productivity tool that allows you to get everything down. So then you can spend your time and focus your time on the things that do matter. So that's the way I use it. Like, yeah, there's two parts to it. Things you don't want to forget, right? That you write down that you're going to get done. And then for me, then I go through that and I pick out the things that I have to focus on. 
Yep. Right? Yeah. And then you know for a fact you have the assurance like, okay, it's all written down. I could spend the next two hours like masterminding with, with Anthony and my partners out in California and really think about like our business from a 50,000 foot view instead of like, okay, that detail over there, I forgot about it. Yeah, like I, I'm always doing a million things over here. We all are. You know, I know people say multitasking is bad. I got to tell you, I'm pretty fucking good at multitasking. So I know they say in general it's bad. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty good at it. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's a skill set I have that's good. I could do a lot of shit at once and get it all done somehow. Yeah. And I make sure I get it done by taking it, doing it and taking it off my Trello list. Yeah. You know what I mean? So one thing that I wrote down in the paper here that's been a focus for the week since last week really is hiring two more reps. I wrote right? that down too. Okay. So, you know, hiring reps in this space, right, is a very high churn rate in this space. Sales guys come, they, they come in and out. It's just a high, high churn rate business. <coughs> you can get it to the point where you build a good enough culture and a good enough campaign where people are making money and they stay, right? I want to get to that point, but we're not at that point yet. We still have a very high churn rate, but just going through the process of finding people in this industry is tough. Like you're not really targeting a lot of the normal people who have these awesome resumes. Like they're telling you know, a lot of guys, call center sales, they jump from one to another. So we usually use a mix of Craigslist and Indeed, right? Uh, Indeed, we usually find people that are overqualified. You know what I mean? But I do find some diamonds in the rough. And then Craigslist usually is where we end up finding good sales guys who have really no resume, right? Which is a trick that Brian taught me that I finally started using. I've used it before, but I didn't realize how important it was. So when we write the Craigslist ads, I don't, you know, there's no resume. I, I write no resume needed, you know, just call. Because I don't want to miss out on guys who think that they have to have a resume so they don't apply. A lot of sales guys or, or call center guys, they don't fucking have resumes. You know what I mean? If they could talk, they don't need a resume in my book. If they could talk and they could sell, no problem, call me. I'll evaluate you over the phone, right? And then have you come in. You don't need a resume. Yep. It's not, it'd be nice to have one so we can see what they did, but I really don't fucking care. Yeah, I want to talk about it like this. So think about it. We advertise on, on Craigslist or Indeed, right? Anthony calls them up. I'll just tell you the process now. And if they're, if he's doing it in California, then he's calling them up and scheduling the meeting with, uh, with Brian. If it's over here in New Jersey, then it's with me. So they uh, try to find the location. <laughs> a lot of times they mix it up. They come into a building this building right now in New Jersey, I mean, we don't have a lot of people working here. Most of the people in California, we have, whatever, five or six people here, right, downstairs? Yeah, yeah. there's like, you know, 18 out there. Yeah, 18 out there. So they come inside. Sometimes they don't look downstairs. They come up to the second floor, and it's just me and Ann sitting in a room, right? Yeah, and they're a little intimidated. So so think about it. Like, from, from, a, from a call owner perspective or an owner of a business, like, you could either take that as a, well, you know, it's only me sitting in a room interviewing somebody, right? Or... You sit down, you tell them how it is, and you project the confidence. Like, I think that's one thing with entrepreneurship. Like, you got to be confident with your skill set and be confident enough to lead somebody. Like, most of these people, whether it's whether you, they walk into a room and they see 50 people or a huge, huge like, like business, or they walk into a room and they see one person sitting in a, you know, I'll even take it from a, a metaphor from us, sitting in a, in a basement, which yeah. is where we started this business. You got to be confident enough and you got to have the communication where they go, you know what? This guy is a leader because leaders, you know, a leader in, in business doesn't mean they have to have followers, right? You don't have to have like a bunch of people behind you, right? You just got to be able to talk to them, communicate and, you and know, sell the dream and, 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 and you know, <laughs> I wouldn't say always sell the dream. Like a lot of these people that come in, like they want to make money, but they also want to learn. 
I mean, think about the three guys that came in. Yeah. Uh, guy number two, he wanted to learn. Yeah. So I spoke to him regarding that. He was very curious, right? And I said, look, you, there's a lot of things you're doing. I, and I'll tell you one thing. For you to be successful in, in, uh, in business and you want to make some money, you got to focus. And he appreciated that. Guy number one, um, very, very enthusiastic sales guy. Didn't have too, many, too much sales experience. But um, we could tell uh, after talking to him that he would follow it exactly you know, what we told him to do. Coachable and trainable. Very coachable and trainable. Yeah, those are the two words. Yeah. And, um, oh, I kind of mixed up the guys, but then the, the other guy, he had some sales experience and we hired him as well. So, so I just wanted to talk about it from the perspective of, you know, you're hiring these people and whether you're hiring it and you, you have a small office and the guys are walking in or you have a bigger office, all you got to do is talk to them and, uh, you know, find out what they're here for. It could be learning. It could be like, well, I want to try something new. It could be like, I want to make some money. And as long as you, as long as you speak to that, they walk out of there and say, you know what? That was a great interview. I'd love to, um, you know, I'd love to work with these guys. I always finish each interview is if you get the job, when can you start? Yeah. Okay. And um, so it, 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 it allows me to gauge with the if, with the if statement if they want to get started. And most of the time, by the time that uh, we're done with the interview, like they're extremely excited to uh, get started. Yeah, well, let me, but let, let, let me tell you like what we got to go through just to get those three people to come here, okay? I scheduled nine interviews for the job. Four people showed up, right? So I, I, I love how everybody's dying to work. And you schedule, you have a nice conversation, schedule a time to come in for an interview, and they just don't show up. Here's my address, here's my phone number, in case you're running late, shoot me a text, call me. And this is routine. Routine is you schedule, you know, 10 interviews and you get a 30% show rate. It's actually fucking sad. And this is not just today, this is all the time. In California, all the time, right? So to even get those nine people, right, you get all these people who apply, you call them, leave them a message, right, to call you back about the opportunity, and only maybe 20% of those people even call you back after you call them about the job they applied for, which is sick, right? So it's, it's amazing to me how everybody needs work, but you know. And then let me tell you two examples, right? I didn't even tell you about these, right? This is it. We do, we're taking so much action all day that we don't even talk about everything while we're here. So these are two things I didn't tell you. One, I think I told you, but actually you were away. I don't think I told you this, but I told the, at one of the morning meetings to Bonnie and Mike and Stephanie. So one phone call I got, right? Guy calls, because I put my number, just call me, whatever. Guy calls me up, I answer the phone, I go, hello? He goes, who did I call? I go, hello? He's like, yeah, who did I just call? <laughs> I go, this is Anthony. Who is this? He's like, yeah. He's like, uh, you know Ricky? <laughs> I go, what? He goes, do you know Ricky? I'm like, Ricky DePilla? Yeah. I'm like, yeah, I know Ricky. What about Ricky? He's like, yeah, I know Ricky real, real, real well. I go, okay. He goes, yeah. He's like, I used to be an appointment setter. I'm like, okay. He goes, yeah. He's like, I can sell though. He's like, you got that job open? I go, listen, buddy. I'm like, this is not the way to open up a conversation if you're looking for a job. He goes, oh, I'm sorry, let me, let me rephrase. He goes, I know Ricky, I used to be an appointment center. What's your name? He's like, Richie. And I go, what's your last name? He tells me his last name. And I'm like, didn't you used to work for me? He goes, yeah, I used to work for you. I go, okay, what the fuck are you talking about? Why, are you to ask, why didn't you say that in the beginning? You're asking me if I know somebody who used, I'm like, bro, I go, okay. You used to be an appointment setter. I'm like, you never did sales for us. 
He's like, yeah, but I can sell. I'm like, all right, but there must have been a reason why you were doing appointment setting and not doing sales. And it just went real sideways. I was like, look, call me tomorrow. We'll talk more about this. He goes, I'll call you tomorrow at 12 o'clock. He never called me, which I'm happy he didn't call me because this guy is not a fucking salesman. But that was the conversation, right? <laughs> Another guy, listen to this. I might have the voicemail saved. I hope I have it. So Saturday night, I'm watching the UFC fights with my kids. We're playing fucking Monopoly Fortnite, by the way, which is a new Monopoly. I saw the Instagram post. Yeah, so we're playing Monopoly Fortnite. Me and my boys, we're watching. My boys are getting into the UFC fights. And my phone rings, 9.30 at night on Saturday night. Um, local number. I answered it. I should have known better that it would have been probably somebody from the ad. I don't want to talk to somebody. I'm with the kids playing Monopoly. My kids can't stand when I'm on the phone when I'm spending time with them, you know? I answer the phone. I go, hello. He's like, hey, this is Peter. He's like, yeah, I sold the ad on Craigslist. He's like, you're looking for a sales guy. Let me tell you something. I got 40 years sales experience. I used to sell B2B. Like, he talked so fast. All I said was hello. He didn't even ask who I was if it was the right number, nothing. Right? I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Take it, take it easy, pal. I said, listen, it's, uh, I'm, like, I'm like, thanks for the call. I'm like, it's Saturday night. I go, uh, I'm playing Monopoly with the kids. I said, so call me tomorrow. It's Sunday. I'll be around after 10 o'clock sometime. I'm like, and then we could talk. He said, like, all right, bye. And he hangs up. I'm like, what a jerk off, right? I'm like, okay. So the next morning, now it's <laughs> Sunday morning, okay? This is nuts, right? It's Sunday morning. Um, and I go in the shower. I come out of the shower and I got three missed phone calls in a row from the same guy from the night before. I looked at the number, I looked at last night. It was the same, three calls in back. I heard the phone ringing at the shower. Ring, ring, three calls in a row, no voicemail, right? Same guy. I'm like, what if, what, this guy a psychopath? What the fuck, right? So, you know, no voicemail. I didn't call him back, right? So later on in the day, it was around two o'clock, having lunch with the kids. My phone rings again, a local number, not that number, it was another number. Right, but I didn't answer it because I was eating lunch with the kids, right? And I get a voicemail, you know? Hey, Anthony, this is Peter, same guy. He's like, you told me to call you in the morning because you were uh, playing Monopoly with your kids last night. I called you this morning a few times. You didn't answer the phone. He's like, uh, give me a call back. I hope we can keep this professional and you can give me a call back and you can respect my time. This is a guy looking for a job, bro. And I'm like, is this guy out of his fucking mind? Right, so I'm not calling this fucking guy back, right? So, hour later, right, calls me again. No voicemail, text me. This is Peter, I don't understand why you're not calling me back. I'm like, this guy's out of his mind, right? I'm like, I'm not, I'm not answering this guy, right? Yeah. Later on at night, oh, no. right? You know, when I did that, I'm like, fuck this guy. I block that number and the number that he called me the Monopoly night. I block both numbers, I'm like, this guy's fucking out of his mind, right? I get a call from an unknown, unknown caller. I'm like, it's got to be this guy. It's Who else would call me an unknown number? Leaves me a voicemail. Hey, you know, I tried calling you and, and no one's responding. You know, I was like, this guy's nuts, right? I don't respond again. Yesterday, right? You got to respond. Man. I get three phone calls in a row now. Unknown number. Three in a row. Right? So the third time, I answered the phone. I knew it was him. I go, hello? He's like, you know, I'm like, listen, dude. I'm like, don't ever fucking call me again. I don't, you're out of your fucking mind. If you think this is a way to get a job, I'm like, you're out of your mind. Don't fucking call me ever again. I hung up on him, right? Calls me right back again. 
I don't answer the phone, right? It leaves me a voicemail. I'm praying I have it. Hold on. Yes. Ready? Hold on. Oh, no, no, no. That's not it. Fuck. Uh, shit. I thought I had it. Uh, I must have done. Oh, wait, wait, No. You can go to deleted messages. Okay. Here it is. You ready? Cap, here, here's, the, here's the thing. Oh, 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 hold on. How do I uh, put it on the speaker over here? Oh, I, it's on my, uh, right here. <laughs> this guy's nuts. Yeah. Ready? That's very professional of you, Andy, Anthony, to hang up on callers. Yeah, this is uh, obviously a fraudulent company because if you were a real company, you would spend a few dollars to advertise in the newspaper rather than the free ad on Craigslist. So I can tell that this is a fraudulent operation and you're a jackass. <laughs> oh my God. First of all, he said, if you were a real company, you would be advertising in the newspaper. Okay. And then he says free on Craigslist, which all of us know that Craigslist costs $35 every post you make for any kind of sales jobs. If you guys ever use Craigslist to find people, right? It's not cheap. You got to post $35 every time. It's cheaper than using Monster or whatever, but it's not free. It's paid. So I have a saying. Did, did you, you believe this? Yeah. I have a saying. If something's working, it's working for somebody, right? So like if you get, you know, before we got into the whole uh, sales call center business, I would always get calls. I'm like, dude. Does this really work? And then we find out there's a whole industry, like there's countries like built upon like call centers, like the Philippines and India, like the whole GDP is is uh, made from that. But in this case, I would say like, oh, this is something that that's probably worked for him before. But after knowing this has definitely never worked for this guy. <laughs> he's a, he's the definition of insanity, doing the same thing, expecting different results. Like he's he's a stage stage five clinger. You know, I mean, look, can't dude, believe it. You know, I, I, like. You know, he called me on the weekend, and, and I'm pretty good like that. I'll, I don't mind business phone calls on the weekend. You know, I, I don't. I don't. I'm pretty good. I'm yeah. pretty. I'm pretty good. I mean, like you know, I, I actually told. Uh, I, I told this story. You know, like look, I'll, I'll take business calls at any time if it's worth the time, right? And I'm always very aggressive if I want to get something done, and I think it's worth like. What I'm trying to say is this: you know how there's these guys. Who like, hey man, you got time for a call? And it's like a Monday. They're like, yeah, I have next Monday, uh, February twenty seventh at one fifteen open for a call. And it's like ten days later. Like, like I can't, I can't stand that, bro. You're telling me that you got calls booked every half hour on the hour for the next fucking ten days straight. Like that drives me nuts, right? I can't stand that. I'm not like that. I'm like, I'll talk any time of the day. I schedule calls. You know what I mean? But like, that's fucking insanity. Anyway. Um, I was talking about this this morning, um, about, well, yesterday morning about, you know, like I'm, we're always in sales mode. I don't necessarily have to be selling something over the phone to not be selling when I'm talking to somebody, right? So what I'm selling when I'm having a, and not when I'm recruiting somebody, well, yeah, actually too, I'm selling myself, right? So when I'm talking on the phone with somebody, I'm selling myself and it's no different than selling a product over the phone. I gotta build rapport with the guy to make it, especially if it's the first time speaking to somebody, right? I gotta build rapport, establish some common ground, and you know, uh, it's, it's always a sale, right? It's always a sale. Not that you're being fake, but you, you know, you, it, it's still a sale, building rapport, asking the right questions, and any kind of phone call, right? 
So, you know, I was telling Kevin this too. So there was uh, somebody that, um, that I wanted to get introduced to, right? That has a product that I think is a tremendous product for us to offer our over the phones to certain customers. And I knew that the guy was difficult to get in touch with. And the person who I asked to introduce me to, to, to him um, said, look, he's, you know, he's not really open a lot of times to conversations, blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? I was just make me the fucking intro. Don't worry about it. I, I'll figure it out. So um, she made me the intro on a, this was Friday at four o'clock. Okay. She made me the intro on a Friday at four o'clock on a Facebook messenger intro. Hey, Dan, this is Anthony. You guys take it from here. You know what I mean? It's like, all right. So she told me already that he's difficult. Uh, he's not that easy to get a conversation with. He might say, hey, I'm really busy. Try me. He might be one of those try me in two weeks kind of guy, right? And number two, I asked her a couple questions about him. Um, so I know a little bit about him. And she told me that he was a big Oregon Ducks fan, college football, right? So, and I love any kind of sports Thing I, I can establish common ground like fuck that's perfect for me right like Jeff Combs yeah, like <laughs> Jeffrey Combs right so um, so I, I so I she made me the intro on Facebook Messenger I said all right I got to write something that makes a lot of sense for him to say I'm open to a conversation I have to open up with something strong but not be a dick right and I know that the guy has a has a big, big following he's got like thousands of people in his community that follow what he does and he teaches them how to how to how to, how to create this product that I want to sell that we want to sell so I opened up with hey Dan nice to meet you I heard a lot about you I've been in the b2b marketing space for the last eight years we've sold over 70,000 businesses um, you know in the past uh, in, the, in the past seven years and I have some ideas that I think could greatly benefit you uh, your community and my company if you're open to a conversation and I press send I go all right let me see I waited 10 minutes later yeah man sounds great he's like when, when you want to talk right so that's my cue now at that point you could do the whole this was Friday at four o'clock you could do hey are you around sometime Tuesday between 10 and 1 you could do one of those or what I did was, hey man, I'm always game for a business conversation. I'm like, are you around tonight to talk or tomorrow? Or if you prefer, we could schedule something for Monday or Tuesday. Yeah, so I gave him all I like the, that. I gave him all the options. Because he might be a scheduling guy. Or he might be a fucking let's talk right now guy. I don't know. So I gave him all of them. You know what I mean? I thought about this before I said it. You know what I mean? Like you gotta be, like I said, you gotta be smart with everything. I, the guy doesn't know me. Yeah. So he said, Hey man, I could talk tonight. I'm going to be driving for an hour anyway in the car alone at around eight o'clock Pacific time, uh, East, uh, whatever, five o'clock Pacific time. I go perfect. What's your number? We'll talk then. Now I got to call with the guy who was hard to get in touch with, right? Yeah. So now I know I got to open up strong on the conversation to make it a good conversation. So, and I didn't have to think about this part. This is just what I do. Um, you know, called the guy, got on the phone. He's like, Hey, what's up? Nice to meet you. I'm like, bro, I heard you're a big Oregon Ducks fan. He's like, dude, I played college football for Oregon. I go, I, I go, what year? He goes, 2001. I go, bro, I'm like, I'm a huge Michigan fan. I'm like, and I'll never forget in 2006 when Michigan came to Oregon Stadium and Dennis Dixon was the quarterback and you guys fucking smashed us 38 to 3 and Dennis Dixon did the fucking Statue of Liberty play, which he did. You know what that is? Yeah. You know what, the, you know, you know what it is? He did that and that? Yep. Yeah. And he was like, bro, that's one of the most famous plays in fucking Oregon history. He goes, I'm friends with Dennis Dixon. He goes, I've known him for a long time. He actually has a training facility. He does these crazy fucking personal uh, training things with fucking all kinds of shit. Go on his Instagram. Go follow him. 
That's how the conversation started. Yeah. Right? So imagine how the rest <laughs> went. You could have called up and said, hey, I'm a huge Ducks fan. Quack, quack. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm saying, we. I then proceeded to have a 45-minute awesome conversation with the guy, right? That's hopefully going to lead to something good. The guy ended up being cool. Shit, yeah. we had a great conversation. He's my kind of guy. He curses and build a big business, smart guy. But, you know, it started out with a bang. You know what I mean? So then, obviously, it flowed really well the rest of it because we established some real good common ground and, and good rapport building. Yeah. You know? So that's what I'm saying. Like, I wasn't being fake, but you always got to be selling yourself and making people feel comfortable and knowing that you have things in common that it's going to be a cool relationship where you want to talk to this guy. Yeah, I mean, for guys that I reach out to, I typically, you know, I try to, I just try to get comfortable like right before the call and, and, then, and then just talk. And I usually smile or like somehow make a joke in the beginning. And it's not out of like me being nervous or anything. It's just like I want to be able to like just start talking, just like you do. Yeah, right. Boom, 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 right off the bat. I mean, you, you use sports. I just, I don't know what the fuck I use. To tell you the truth, I don't use sports. You use whatever works. Yeah, whatever works. I mean, they, they always they always make like building rapport is this this science. And I think it's just, you just got to find common ground. That's it. A lot of times you could talk about your family. Like, I'll be like, yeah, I just came back from seeing kids in the Caribbean. And, you know, I, me and my wife and the, and the kids went there. And then we just start talking about the kids. That's so, it. Building, building rapport off a of family is so easy. Mm-hmm. It's so simple. Most people have a family. Most people have a family or a father. I mean, everyone has a family. So it's, it's a natural thing to build rapport off. Right. Sure. For me, that's what I use. So and that and, and you know we so we talk we we talk about building rapport you know all the time on the, when we have our meetings with the sales guys on the West Coast we always talk about that it's it's very important it's you know uh, this 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 guy that came in for an interview young kid twenty one years old called me up and usually we want people who have experience right and I was like listen you got no experience like listen I know I got no experience but I know how to sell. My dad's been in sales for the last 20 years. I understand how sales work. The kid was real smooth the way he talked, 21 years old. He's like, I just need a chance. I understand it's all about building rapport and establishing common ground. He's like, you don't have to have the best product in the world, but people are not gonna buy from you if they don't like you. And I know it's important to build rapport. I know how to sell, I just need a chance. I was like, you know what, dude? Come in for an interview, I like your style. You know what I mean? So, and he came in and- And I agreed. And you agreed with me, right? The kid was smooth, We, we hired him. No, no phone sales experience, but I saw that he has it in him. Yeah, legitimately agreed. I mean, a lot of times me and Anthony disagree, right? And then we'll come to, to some kind of compromise. Or, but I mean, we agreed with this guy. Yeah, he's good. I think he's going to be really good. Yeah, I think he'll be good. So we're putting him in, a, in, in, in another sale that we're testing out for a brand new product that we're going to be testing out next Monday, which I think is going to be strong product that we could scale everywhere. This is the product that we could bring resellers onto that we could, and it's the, the amount of uh, businesses that we could target with this campaign is infinite. We'll never run low on data. Yeah. Like I'm pretty confident that we're going we're gonna to get this one going real good. Yeah. You know what? This brings another point. I want to talk a little bit about innovation and figuring things out because uh, when you do start a new campaign, if it hasn't been, you know, uh, you know, if it hasn't been around, you got to figure out like if it's going to be or possibly going to be a campaign that you're going to be successful at. So the first thing that we do is, you know, we're, you want to make sales and you want to make money, but the first thing that you ask yourself is, can you got can you get conversations out? Pitches. Pitches. Pitches and conversations. So there's a saying, if someone's willing to listen, they're willing to buy, right? And if you can get a, sure. in, in our business, if you get a five to 10 minute conversation off and someone is legitimately listening and you can get, I don't know, eight to 12 of those a day, It'll be a successful campaign if 
if they give you a legitimate objection at the end, right? If you don't close them, obviously they're going to give you an objection. So there has been campaigns where people did not give us legitimate objections. So objections are good. That means you're going right down, you're, 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 you're on the right path, you have the right product or the offer, you're having the right conversations, right? The price point is probably right, and then they're giving you probably something like this. I have to talk to my partner, I don't have the money, I gotta talk to my wife, let me think about it. Those are all good objections. However, we've had campaigns that we've, we've tried to figure out or we've tried to get going, and we've had something like this, nah, I'm good. Yeah, that, that you don't want. You don't want that, right? So just think about it. Like if, if as a salesman or, a, or an owner, right, of a sales floor or a call center, if you're getting legitimate objections, those are good. Give an example of legitimate exep, uh, objections. You just said that. Like, I don't have enough money. I, I got to talk to my, my partner. Wife. I got to talk to my wife. Um, Sounds good, but right now things are slow. Yeah. Like, those are good. Oh, I have enough business. Like, all that stuff is fine. Yeah, right? you don't want like, ah, this doesn't sound good. Yeah, no, nah, I'm okay, I'm good. Yeah, like that, th th that's okay. Like yeah. anything like that, then then it, you know it's not, you know you have a big problem and it's either your demo, your sales presentation, your product, your price point's really out of whack. Something, something is really, really misaligned. If you're getting the pitches to the end and you're getting the, the objections that you want and you're not making sales, then it's a sales guy problem. Yes. Who doesn't know how to ask for the money? So you got to open up good. You got to catch their attention literally in the beginning of the call. So then you can continue the conversation and get to like, you know, the first minute mark, right? If you get a lot of, you get, if you get a lot of openings, a lot of one minutes, then you can get to 10 minutes, five minutes. And then from there, a percentage of the five to 10 minute conversations will close. Depending on the campaign, it's, you know, historically for us, it's been one out of seven or one out of five or even, even as low as one out of four. Yep. Right. So, um, you know, that... That's uh, those are some really good nuggets, right? Because you could apply that really across almost any campaign, whether you're running a huge software company or running a call center or sales floor. Um, you know, if you're having quality conversations, if people are willing to listen, they're willing to buy, and if they're giving you legitimate objections, those are all good things. Those are the things you want to take take note. So, so starting on Monday, that's what we're going to take note. So if we go a week and say we don't even close a deal, that's okay. If we're getting if we have 30 to 40 conversations we had and they're all legitimate, yeah. then we know like, okay, we got a closing problem, right? Then we just got to rewrite some of the objections and rebuttals specific for that campaign. We're good. That's it. Yeah. That's it. You know, one, one thing that uh, I'm going to start doing now more because, you know, Kevin, you know, I, like I know this stuff, but I just sometimes you need somebody to tell you, you know, Kevin's like, dude, you got to just talk to more people, right? Like my strength is talking to people like that conversation I had with the Oregon Ducks guy, <laughs> you know, and like I get so busy in my day to day that... I don't, I just, when I talk to people, I always have great conversations and it leads to opening doors and whatnot. And he said, just, you know, practice. Why don't you just schedule three calls a day with just go through your phone, but just, just connect with three people a day. I'm like, you're right. So I put it in my Trello, connect with three people a day. And today in three minutes, I schedule three calls for tomorrow. And I'm going to try to have three quality converse, business development conversations with people that possibly we could work with. And it always, you know, I, I mean, I, I don't I, do it enough and I have to just do it more consciously. I can think about all the, all the business niches, industries, businesses we've done. They literally have come from some sort of conversation you've had. Yeah. Almost every single one. Yeah. Think about it. I just got to do more of it. So it, it's a good thing. So even if we don't capitalize on all the opportunities, we're still building rapport on a, on a bigger scale, whether it's through, you know, again, through the podcast or you just reaching out. And, you know, we, we, um, 
you know, if you guys want to reach out to us too, that's fine. Yeah, you know, listen I, to the podcast, you like it, like give Anthony a call. <laughs> I, 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 yeah, she, connect with me on Facebook. Shoot me a message. You know, and maybe you want to get into the call center space. I don't know. We're trying to find ways to develop a work from home program where guys could work from home and and make sales over the phone, and we could do fulfill. I don't know. There's always ways to work with people. It's just uh, it's just uh, uh, overcoming obscurity, right? And just getting your name out that's there it. more and more. And just I'm available. I don't care. I'll talk to anybody. I'll give you an example, like. You know, this one guy reached out to me after the last live show. He must have caught it, and uh, he was a guy that we used to that we used to, used to be in the same community that we were back in this direct sales from a home company called Carbon Copy Pro. Great guy, I remember him? He, oh, wait, he listened to it? Huh? Who was it, Carl? Or? Carl. Oh yeah. yeah. No, no, actually, Rob listened to it, and Rob told Carl, ah. and Carl, hey man, Rob told me that you were in the call center space, and so I connected with this guy Carl today, and he's like, dude, man, I haven't heard from you so long, and I, I, you know, you and Kevin were the best. You guys really helped me back then. This was back in 2011. And, you know, he's like, what have you been doing? And we caught up. He's like, look, I'm not doing that right now, but I'm looking to maybe do something like that. But you should go connect with Rob. Rob has been doing fucking this with the call center space. You guys should connect. So then I hit up Rob. I scheduled a call with Rob for tomorrow. He's doing some call center stuff. I'm going to talk to him. It's just connecting and, and, you know, building rapport. And, And we have a good reputation. We've always been good guys. We've always helped people out. So, you know, people like to hear from us, which is a nice thing. You know, it's not like we're bothering people, which... You know, it's good. So I just got to keep doing more of that and keep focusing on uh, on business development because that's what I'm good at. I'm just still... You've always been good at it. And I like to always... I, I point it out every once in a while because I think you forget. I, I think I think you get caught up in all the stuff. I and just get caught up in the day-to-day stuff because we're doing so much right now. We got two new campaigns out there. We're trying to build the upsell room out, hiring two guys. We're working on a new front-end sale, what, what we just spoke about with this new product, which I think is going to be fucking awesome. You know, there's just... We take so much action that it hurts us sometimes. But you know, at the end of the day, everything will get done, and uh, and we're gonna build a hundred million dollar company, right? Always. That's it. So, shifting gears for a minute, because I wanted to tell you I did something on Saturday. Well, Friday. So Friday, I finally went to get my um, my TSA pre-check done. Oh yeah, yeah. But hold on, I didn't tell you this, right? So, um, you know, me and Veronica uh, finally wanted to, I've been flying so much to California and the last flight I took out there, I got to the airport and the line to security was an hour and a half long and there was nobody in the fucking pre-check line. Uh, One person here and they're just walking, skating right through, shoes on, fucking (laughs) no taking the laptop out, no taking the water out of the bag. I was like, these cocksuckers, right? (laughs) So I finally booked, I booked my appointment, which was Friday. So she goes, listen, can we go a half hour early and stop at this cryotherapy place right in Cranford uh, in Summit okay right uh, you know what cryotherapy is right you know so she cause she she's been getting it done on her face like cryo for your face to make your skin better right she goes they have a Groupon why don't you buy it and go do it I'm like yeah you know what my shoulder has been fucking killing me so I just bought the Groupon I didn't even know what I bought so I get there and I was like alright he's like go in the room I don't even know what I'm doing I go, go in the room, you know, put your robe on, put the socks on. I'm like, I don't know. I thought, I'm, I'm thinking they're going to fucking ice my shoulder. So I get, I come out with my robe on and my slippers. She goes, I can't believe you're doing this. I'm like, you're doing what? She goes, you, you're going into, you go, you're putting your whole body into a fucking negative 235 degrees right now. I'm like, what? She goes, that's what you, that's what you bought. I'm like, I don't even know what I bought. She goes, yeah. So this guy walked, I'm like, I'm like, I'm like holy shit, I had no idea. Not that you gotta be mentally prepared, but I just didn't know I was walking into that. So, bro, have you done it? No. Have you even seen it? I know of it, that's it. Dude, 
So he, I'm like, so he goes, all right, this is what's gonna happen. It all happens so fast within like minutes. I'm like, next thing I'm in this room and she's in the room, she's laughing. And there's this big fucking chamber, bro. He opens the door and you walk in the chamber. It's like, all right, take your robe off. Take my robe off. It's fucking freezing, bro. It's negative 235 degrees in this chamber that my head is sticking out of. He gives me gloves. And I'll have gloves, socks, and my underwear on. And it's fucking freezing, bro. <laughs> he goes, you might want to just rub your arms with the glove and just, you know. So I'm sitting there. and It's three minutes, right? And it, it's it's the fucking coldest I've ever been in my life, dude. I'm in this fucking thing. Like, I'm just looking at him, and he's sitting here talking. He's like, so what cryotherapy does is, and I'm looking at him outside the chamber, and he's just talking to me. And what cryotherapy does is, and your cells inside your body, and they're reforming, and he's talking, and I'm like wondering how long, how much longer it's going to be. And I'm just like fucking shivering. I'm like, so do you just sit here and fucking talk people through it for three minutes? Like, yeah, that's what I do. You want me to stop talking? I'm like, no, 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 keep talking, keep talking. I'm like, fucking bro, freezing. And then three minutes was up, I got out. Was it? Is it colder than a cold shower? Like a really, really cold shower? Kevin, it's negative. No, I know that. 235 degrees. I know. Colder than a cold shower. It was like, just imagine going outside negative zero with no clothes well, here's on what I related and to. just standing there. Well, here's what I related to. When when we went to the Tony Robbins event, we walked across coals. No. I, I didn't feel it. There were things that were hotter in my life than the hot coals that I walked across for whatever reason. So that's what I was asking. Like, is a cold shower colder than the cryotherapy? Yeah, no. It, this is... This, it's fucking freezing. It's fucking freezing, bro. When I got out of that thing, the inside of my legs felt like there was ice inside of them for like an hour. <laughs> I got in the car, we drove to TSA, and my legs... I felt like my legs were fucking <laughs> ice blocks, dude. I was like... Did it, you roll in the TSA with a wheelchair? Oh, God, the fucking T and, and that TSA uh, pre-check place that I went to in Cranford, man. Oh my God! Was it busy? It's like the DMV in there. Like it's the one. It's one of those miserable places where like everybody, like every, all of the, everybody that works there is a bunch of cunts. Like everybody's just fucking angry that they're there. You know what I mean? Like you know, like I sat down in the chair. I had a coffee in my hand, and there was a little plastic table next to my chair. So I just moved the little, like, little plastic thing in front of me. I put my coffee in. She goes, excuse me, sir, don't move the furniture around. <laughs> like, yeah. it, like it was that kind of place, dude. Ugh. I had to wait there for two hours. You know, just, being, you can't talk. No cell phones allowed. No cell phone, I don't know why. No cell phone usage allowed. You're just, like, sitting there waiting. So this reminds me of another story. Dude. I went, I went to the DMV. Uh, was that over, what's that town over here? Whatever, uh, a town close to here. Okay. Nah, I think it, was, it might have been Lodi. Wallington. 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 So I went into the... Have you ever been there before? Yeah, plenty of times. Okay. So my wife goes in there with my with uh, both the kids, and uh, there was a security guard in the front, right? And my kids, you know, sometimes get a little wild. So the security guard... Um, I don't remember all the details of the story, but the security guard ended up yelling at Angie, like really, like top of his lungs, right, for something my kids did. Like, oh, your kids got to sit down. So... Um, and look, in life, there's there's nice ways to say it and there's wrong ways to say it. So Angie got upset and she started crying, right? So she brought the kids out. She she got out of the DMV and she called me up. She was like, call up crying. She's like, look, the security officer like yelled at me. I'm really, really upset. So I'm like, all right, fine. So I drive from my house to the DMV. I'm like, I walk in. I'm like, look, I heard you, I heard you, you yelled at my wife. Like, what happened? 
I'm like, but I, and then I started getting a little aggravated. I like, look, you, you got to apologize because if she had, to, if she called me up and she was, she was that upset and you yelled at her and there were people defending her, like you got to apologize. So I said, if you don't apologize, I'll just, you know, I'll follow a police report or I, I, I forgot. I threatened something. I forgot what it was. So there was a, I didn't know that, know this, but the security guards at DMV, they're armed. Like he had a gun. Not only that, but there was a, a police officer, a Wallington police officer also there. So he saw that me and, me and the security guard were arguing. He's like, all right, like, come over here, uh, you know, tell me what happened. So I said, look, you know, the security guard yelled at my wife, got him upset, and there, was, there were obviously some people defending her. So it wasn't, you know, th- there, was, there was two perspectives here, but he shouldn't be yelling at a, at a woman like that so much so that she has to call me down. And now I'm like defending my wife. So he's like, I was like, um, look, if he doesn't, if he doesn't apologize, like, I want to, I want to do something. I want to like report this guy somehow. I mean, obviously he he did something here. So he's like, okay, great. I'll take, uh, I'll take your name and number down. I like, and I was talking to the police officers like, no, I know what you're going to do. If I write my name and number down on this, uh, on this piece of paper, you're going to throw it in the garbage. I'm like, if either you take this police report down, right. Or I'm going to call another police. I'm going to call your sergeant and we're going to come down here. He's going to do it. He's like, oh, fine. So then he realized that I realized that he was just going to toss it in the garbage. So I walked right back to the security guard. I'm like, look, if you apologize, it all ends. But I can't go he home. He refused to apologize? It, was, it wasn't that he didn't. He, he kept on defending himself. You know when you're, you're, a lot of times you're wrong. You're like, well, no, what? She was doing this. She was doing this. Whether he was right or wrong, it doesn't matter. Just make the situation better. Because if I, if I let it go, here's what happened. Would have went home. She would have been, still been upset. Then it would have been my fault somehow because because I didn't defend her and my kids were upset. And my kids were crying, so I'm like, "Look, you guys are men too. You got to do something about it." That was that was it. So he literally said, "Okay." He he. Uh, I brought her back in. He said, "Look, I apologize," and then he started defending himself again. I'm like, "Look, just, just apologize and it's done." And that was it. <laughs> but but just the, but it just <laughs> the point of like. You know, th- there's right ways and wrong ways to talk to people, and the fucking DMZ, DMV just sucks. <laughs> that was the point of the story. I, I almost feel like there needs to be, like, a vice president of culture for DMV, the post office, and now the fucking uh, TSA pre-check places. Because I know why are these places the most miserable places to go to, and why do the people who work there just own you? I've never like I've never seen. It's always those three places: the DMV, the isn't the post office the weirdest place ever? When you're waiting online, no one's talking to each other. It's the weirdest thing. Like you're afraid to ask a question the wrong way. If you didn't put the postage the right way, you're gonna go go back in the fucking line and go fill it out again. It, it's fucking insane. It, it's unfortunate that that's the perspective on on those agencies. But perspective. It is. That's what it is. It's, it is. That's not perspective. Ask anybody. If, if, nobody I know will tell me. Like it's a fucking it's a great place. I, to I honestly think it's risk versus reward. It's like, can you get fired from the post office? I, I don't know. Maybe they can't get fired, so they they just they they. It's amazing. They default to to the rules. So what happens is this: like I always say, you rise to the rules. So if the if the low your lowest expectation or your rule is blank, like okay, you guys can come in five minutes late to your call center. Guess who's going to show up? Everybody will show up five minutes late. So it, it's always like. You, you, you know, your, your company will always rise or fall to whatever rule set you put in place. In this case, they fall to just being like jerk-offs. <laughs> well, why, why can't it have a good culture? I know. I don't know. Hey, like, guys. That's the thing I think of. Like, why is it so miserable? 
that you, that you then don't fucking work there. I just don't get it. And I never will, no matter what anybody tells me. I, I dread going there. I dread going to any of, any of those places. I mean, I don't go oh, to fuck, them. I got to go to DMV. You know you're going to be there for three fucking hours. You're going to be quiet. You can't use your cell phone. You know you're going to be talked to you like a jerk off. Oh, wait, no. There was another story, and then that was it. There was another guy who walked in. I think it was someone who we interviewed with, and he goes, I, I, I got my driver's license, and I jumped up and down. I was so excited, and the woman goes, sir, stop jumping up and down. <laughs> and I go, what? <laughs> like, you're jumping up and down because you, pa- you passed your driver's license? I said, you know what, if I worked at DMV, jump up even more. He's like, you know, there's, there's people that are, I forgot what, what the excuse was. There's, you know, the, the other people have to pass their test. I'm like, what a stupid excuse. <laughs> like, oh, great, he passed his test, let him fucking jump up and down. Fucking jerk-offs, man. I'm sorry if anybody listening works for those places. Maybe you're not like that, but fuck, man. No, but I'll give you this. The post office right here in Garfield, Yeah. you, you walk in, there's a couple people over there that are fucking awesome. You know that one There's gentleman? A, you know who I'm talking about? He's the, a nice guy. Great guy, nice guy. Talk to you. He's build rapport. one of the few. The he's, proud. The Marines. <laughs> he's one of the few. Okay? Yeah, he is There's not many. I, they should, you know what? I, I wish I remembered his name. I just promote the guy. Make him supervise. Make him culture, like, uh, you know, minister of culture, whatever you, you want to do. You know what? Now you're saying that, I'm going to bring him a fucking sandwich tomorrow. We should. Because he's the only guy that I don't mind going to that, that's actually like, hey, how you doing? Like, he actually gives a little, a little smirk. He does. He he goes out of his way in, in whatever way possible. But I'll ask his opinion on stuff. He'll give me a nice opinion on it. Could be anything, and he has a good attitude about it. You know how many times uh, I, I'm at a restaurant and the waiter is like a, a really good waiter, and I'll, I'm like, oh, you do you're a really good waiter, man. How long have you been here for? And then I talk a little more. What else do you do? And I might even offer him a J. Do you, you, ever, you ever think about going into sales? And I might even offer. You know what I mean? Like. Like, why would you not be nice? You never know what opportunities are going to come in front of you, especially when you're dealing with so many people every day. Why would you be so miserable? You're going to be stuck in that fucking miserable job the rest of your life if you can't even crack Out of all the people in the DMV, there's only two people that I remember. The security guard and the police officer who was like the bad experience. And then this guy over here. He's wonderful. Mr. Wonderful. Mr. Wonderful. Yeah. Paul Orndorff. Remember him? <laughs> no. You know the wrestler? Mr. Wonderful? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You remember, I, remember what his move was? I didn't... Uh, no. The pile driver. Oh, wow. Mr. Wonderful, Paul Orndorff, his signature move was the pile driver. I remember. Fucking knock you right out. That's it. One, two, three, you were done. The pile driver. When I was younger, we would all go over my uh, my neighbor's house, and when the Royal Rumble was happening, I loved it. All the kids would get into a room, I close the door, yeah, and we, we would just go bananas. I, it was That was my... You that, guys did the same thing? There was like six kids in the room just going bananas. Like grow, Growing up as a kid... Like watching the wrestling with my dad was into it. All my cousins, like we got together to when we would order the pay per view, SummerSlam, WrestleMania. Like that's a big part of my childhood. Like just you know thinking about that, like it just it just brings me back to like happy times. You know what I mean? Like like this whole Mike Tyson thing that that I posted, right? Yep. Right. So I, I don't know if you guys saw this post. I wrote on Facebook, if you guys follow us, whatever, uh, about how Mike Tyson blew through $700 million, right? And when you read the shit, he had 111 cars. He had a fucking a $2.2 million fucking bathtub made out of 24-ounce fucking carat gold. He, like, when you read all this shit, how, how he blew money, it was, it was amazing, right? But that led me to, uh, then someone commented, hey, you should watch the Joe Rogan interview with Mike Tyson, right? Which then I watched last night. 
uh, hour and a half, which was fucking awesome. Joe Rogan interviewing Mike Tyson. Is this a new interview or old one? Not. It's pretty new. It's like within the last like month or so. Oh, okay. Yeah, last within the last like like less than two months, definitely. Uh, it was a newer one, and to watch what a changed man he is now. Like when, when he when you watch him, he's like, I I can't even believe that I was like that. He's like, who is that fucking guy? He's like, I can't even believe how out of my mind I was. Like, you know, and he talked about how he was 20 years old and just all this money and just he didn't even know how to handle it. And, you know, but then Joe Rogan was talking about, dude, he's like, listen, I'm, I'm sitting with you right now. He's like, you gotta understand. He's like, you were a big part of my life. He's like, when I was younger, like just what you were doing at that time, like you were fucking Superman, dude. He's like, you, like a lot when, of people. He's like, when I, when I look at you and, I'm, and I think about that era, of, of boxing and how you were like the ultimate star and like just me remembering watching the fights with my, with my family with my friends like he's like you were a big big part of my childhood it's like it just brings me back to a happy time in my life where you know and he's like I, I it's like it, he was like Tyson was like it's just amazing that I made people feel that way and that and and he's like everybody loves Tyson now yeah I know even though how bad he was back then and how fucking crazy he was he was bad a bad man. You know, people love the guy. They love the guy. And, and, you know, he actually has his net worth up to $3 million now. He's in the cannabis industry now. He's opening up a, a, a facility called Tyson Ranch, like a cannabis resort, where you go to this resort that has pools and spas. It's fucking and fucking, <laughs> and fucking, it's opening up. And weed, and fucking, you know, legal weed in California. And it, it's a whole thing that he's doing, pushing. Now he has a podcast, and he talks a lot about how he's just a different person, how he's happy, he smokes every day, he's always calm now, like, he never wants to be that person again, he don't want to ever be, he don't even watch boxing no more, he don't like it, it's too violent, like, to, you know, you're talking about one of the fucking most insane animals. He made a ever. real change. And it's legit. Of, and for a lot of people, they can't do that. He, and he actually talks about some drugs that he did that have changed his perspective in life. He talks about with DMT and Awaska. Yeah. Awaska. Yeah, it's exactly yeah. DMT. And he talked about also um, this other thing that I've heard of called like frog's poison. Have you heard of that? No. It's some kind of fucking other shit. I don't know what it is if you smoke it or whatever. Some kind of other shit and you go through a trip. Same thing. And, and he said like uh, those things have really helped me change my whole perspective in life and, and love and, and people and to be humble. Like 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 these life ch- And then Joe Rogan talked a lot about that stuff too. How about he believes in those kind of drugs and uh, they're trying to legalize it in a couple states that it could be life altering stuff for the better. And it was a it's really good fucking. You got to watch. Yeah, I got to watch it now. It's fucking good, bro. It's good just to see how this guy still loved, how he's a change man. He's building his career back up again after all that crazy shit he did and how he was, he was fucking Superman, dude. He really was. People love the redemption story. They, yeah. do, they love it. And he's doing it in such a humble way. And, and it's not like he's being fake. Like if you watch it, like he just like sits there and like, and, and Joe Rogan keeps bringing up like these things that happen. And he's like, I know, bro, it, it was insane. I just, it's like a big blur to me. He's like, Mike, he's like, like what made you decide you wanted tigers you know he had Siberian white tigers Tyson and he's like you know it's a funny story he's like you know how that happened he's like I was in jail and I was talking to a buddy of mine who sells cars on the phone and he was telling me how he repossessed somebody's car and he has that voice he's like how, how the guy repossessed somebody's car and he was gonna go trade it in for a couple horses and a couple animals and Mike's like what do you mean horses and animals you're gonna trade car in for it. you could you could do that he's like could you get tigers he's like 
yeah, I can get tigers. He's like, could you get me a couple white tigers? He's like, yeah, I get you a couple white tigers. Like, all right, get yeah. He's like, and when I got it, when I got out of jail, there was two white tigers waiting for me at my fucking at my house, and they were cubs, like little Siberian fucking white tiger cubs, bro, that he raised. Like, just you gotta watch this fucking. Yeah, I wanna watch it now. It's fucking awesome. Bo Bo Pollard's the one who, um, you know, Bo from yeah, Merch. Yeah. He's the one who set put the link in. He's like, you gotta watch this, and then I watched it last night. It's fucking awesome, dude. I love the guy. Now he has a a podcast called uh, Hot Boxing with Mike Tyson. You know, like hot like smoking, hot boxing. Oh, so he does that, and then he talks about. Yeah, they're just talking. Yeah. No, I don't talk about. Oh, boxing. no, about, yeah, no, 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 no. He talks about just okay. He has interviews there. Everybody loves Mike Tyson. Yeah. He's speaking of fights, you know, we have uh, we booked a room at the Borgata February twenty second, right? That's right. I we're almost going, forgot about it. We're going to yeah. uh, Ring of Combat. Yeah. It's not UFC. It's Ring of Combat, and my guy, my boy Mike, who I spoke about in the last podcast with the UFC stuff, right? Which, by the way, I bet again this weekend. I bet I, I laid out a hundred dollars. Uh, I laid out eight hundred eight hundred and fifty dollars in bets, and I ended up walking away with a thousand and fifty. So close. So I won, but I won two hundred. No, no, I didn't lose. Yeah, I just picked the fights he told me to pick. I, I won. I told Mike to send me his picks, and he didn't send. I won six of them and lost two of them, but the two I lost, the odds were a little. The ones I won, the odds were the favorites. I didn't win. Anyway, I, I, I won. I won two hundred bucks, and now I have a thousand and fifty bucks in my DraftKings account, and now I'm gonna fucking roll it again this weekend. That's great. But Mike's becoming big in the UFC, and he's actually the commentator. He's calling the fights. So we're gonna sit ringside in Atlantic City. Yep. Uh, front ringside. My boy Mike's gonna be the commentator. The, the cool, the cool thing about Atlantic City is it's local. Like all the guys are local, and a lot of guys. Yeah. Last time I was here, we're up from here in North Jersey. Yeah. Like right around a here. A lot of fighters. I, and I walked around. I'm like, oh, dude, I know you, and I know, and I and I like talking to a lot of guys. I knew. So that's the cool thing. We live in New Jersey. Go down to Atlantic City, and you see the fighters that we're fighting, or the guys around in the area. So it's, it's nuts, cool. right? Yeah, it's it's cool. It's really cool. It's not packed, but it should be. It really should. It's it's. Um, I don't know why I find it like even more entertaining than the UFC well, and I think it's because it's so intimate like well, you're just right there it's still like local it's, yeah. it's, it's you know I think the ring of combat is uh, is like you know like the guys that are in that they want to get into the UFC so it's like smaller local it's professional but it's more local circuits and then those guys there's other uh, people there from the UFC watching looking for talent and maybe offered a guy a contract to go fight in the UFC. Everybody's goal. You're <laughs> like, who's that commentator, Mike? <laughs> yeah, dude, he could end up getting. He could end up be, getting in there. He's good. No, he's good. He's better than a lot of guys I see. He has a lot of knowledge. He's a good talker, but he also he you know he he knows his shit. He has a brown belt in Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. He knows his shit. I don't think he's ever boxed before, right? Not but, boxed, no, but but, but but Jiu Jitsu, yeah. Yeah, but uh, I mean, he 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 really knows his stuff, right? So. Hell yeah, so. Anyway, uh, I mean, I got a couple things here. I think we should leave it for the next episode. We have our, our partners in uh, California that keep on calling us, and uh, he called me like three times. Where the fuck are you dude, guys? What are you guys doing? We're doing the podcast, bro. Okay, it's very important. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah, we'll wrap it up for now. We're we're at fifth. Um, the link to our Facebook page, uh, how to reach out to us if you ever want to connect with us. Uh, the subscribe link to subscribe to the podcast is right there too. Come uh, come check us out and. Uh, We'll uh, update you every week on our journey and just try to drop uh, some knowledge wherever we can, all right? All right. Peace. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to subscribe. Tune in to Facebook and Instagram for our live shows at Call Center BS. Visit our website, callcenterbs.com, to connect with us for any call center solutions you may need.